SAS Buyers Club interviews SAS thought leaders and gets leading industry insights to help founders get their best exit and buyers to get their next best deal. I'm Omid, and I'm a host at SAS Buyers Club and a partner at Optimus Legal, which is a SAS M&A law firm. And I'm Joe. I'm your co-host here at the SAS Buyers Club, and I'm also a partner uh, with Omid over at Optimus Legal. So today, you know, the the intention and purpose of this episode is really for uh, Joe and I just to introduce ourselves, for everyone listening to get to know us a little bit. Um, and so a little bit about me. Um, I've been a business and corporate attorney for nearly a decade, focused exclusively on business and corporate. Um, I've worked at some of the top startups some of the biggest law firms and corporations uh, out there. And uh, I'm just really excited to be here and for all the conversations that we're going to have with all the awesome founders and investors <clears throat> and other people in the SaaS industry. And mostly I'm, I'm really just most excited about getting a lot of value to the audience, actual actionable value um, with the intention of, 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 of people listening to this podcast, taking things away and implementing them so that they truly could get their next deal to be the best that it could be. So that's why I'm here. Um, Joe, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself too? Yeah, 100%. So uh, as I stated earlier, I'm an attorney. Uh, I'm an M&A attorney, also corporate and finance. I've worked at top M&A law firms internationally, including the number one international M&A law firm when I used to be based in Tokyo. I also previously worked at the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. I also previously worked at top startups, including SAP startups from the inside. I've actually built and sold two of my own businesses, one of which was a SaaS business. Uh, ironically, one of the businesses I worked at before, actually a couple businesses one, I worked at with Omid, one of the businesses I worked at before was where I met Omid. We were both lawyers there, and that's where we kicked it off, uh, you know, seven, eight years ago. And so my key goal here is the same. We're going to be giving you guys great insights, value, tear sheets, other great valuable information about SaaS deals. And for the benefit of SaaS founders who are wanting to sell, PE buyers or strategic buyers who want to buy SaaS businesses, or investors in the SaaS space who are maybe encouraging their own founders to sell, or who have other interests in SaaS M and A? Yeah, that's that's great insight into into what people can expect from the show. <clears throat> yeah, so I think a great place for us to start, given that this podcast is focused on SaaS. One of the questions that I always like to ask people is like, "Why do you do what you do?" So I guess to mm. transfer this question and make it applicable to what we're talking about here. Like, why do we focus on SaaS, Joe? Why do you focus on SaaS? Yeah, that's a really good question. There's a few things for me that I think align with a lot of people who are in the SaaS space. First and foremost, I enjoy my job and what I do, my contribu contribution to the formula. Being an M&A attorney is fun. Uh, the second of all, though, is working in the tech space, working in software, it's not just exciting, but you get to be on the trend of things. You get to be basically in the headlines. I've done a lot of big NMA deals where I was in the headlines, and that's always fun. A little gratuitous or you know, pleasure-seeking there, I suppose. It's just entertaining to be in the news. 
but actually doing or being part of real advances in technology and like real big deals uh, in the States and on the West Coast, which is where I'm based, is really awesome. I've been based elsewhere and didn't have the same vibe and same excitement. I've done uh, M&A deals that weren't in the SaaS space, wasn't as fun or connected with me. So being in this space is really fun. I also grew up around Seattle. So as you can imagine, like grew up around software and stuff and around the whole experience. So it's uh, it's very near to my heart. I guess there's some other reasons too. Why don't I throw back to you, Omid? What are some, if you have anything else to add on, is there anything else that you'd mention why we like doing what we do? Totally, man. Yeah. I mean, this, the focus on SaaS, you know, you mentioned that we met at a startup. And yeah. so this might actually be like a great time to tell that story. So I think, and that's kind sure. of what's coming up for me in this moment in terms of, for me, why I choose to focus on SaaS can really be exemplified by this, the story of jo how Joe and I met and uh, the story, <laughs> at least on my side, how we met um, was I'd been working in government um specifically i was a staffer in congress you the u.s congress yeah so u.s not, congress not, not, like in a, the not like a state yeah not yes a state that's right in the, in the u.s congress um working with the small business community i really got turned on to what business is all about and the power of business and kind of like fell in love with business, but mostly small business. It was like a lot of restaurateurs. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. You were doing a lot of that. I remember that. Yeah. A lot of the, the like community based stuff. It was a lot of working with local communities and, and that sort of thing. And it just so happened that um, one of my mentors became uh, the chief legal officer at Hyperloop and essentially extended an offer to me to come work at Hyperloop. And when I got there, uh, it totally blew my mind in terms of <laughs> right. what I saw, um, which was like this melting pot of incredibly smart people, incredibly talented people, essentially the world's best talent all in one place. And not only that, but all those people like love to have a good time. Where like, just yeah, that was it, so like much there fun. was an excitement. There was like a, a feeling. It was like of, PA, We had like PhD physicists plus like top finance people with finance backgrounds plus like from legal backgrounds and you name it, we had it. And it was of so many uh, disciplines. Engineering. It was really. It was so exciting. So, I mean, the whole culture of, of startups um, and tech just immediately resonated with me. To go from the world of like small business, which also is incredibly important. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, backbone of community, you know, supporting yeah. the livelihood of like so many Americans, super, super important. Um, and, and, and I think something weird right now that's going on is like there's almost a battle between small business and tech. Like people are right. like sexy startups, you know, verse like boring businesses is like kind of the. Uh, it's been the like that for a while. It's been <laughs> like that for a while, but it's definitely amping up. Sure. I think we're seeing even more of it to like right now because that with the democratization of 
of acquisitions where previously it was mostly like either private equity or corporations or, you know, that sort of thing that were um, undergoing the M&A activity. Whereas like we're seeing kind of with this uh, search fund model, more everyday people getting into acquiring businesses. Um, That's true. The allure of startups has like started to wear off for so many people because mm. the access to cash flowing small businesses has opened up through acquisitions. Um, but but having had experience in both the worlds, like I've always just been super attracted to um, the world of tech because tech is the future. Um, again, no digs against small business whatsoever but for me totally. i'm just more lit up by by technology uh, i think it's a lot more exciting for me and i think most people would agree with that too you know the people that love boring businesses aren't saying that startups aren't exciting they're just saying that boring is much more likely to uh give you a consistent return than startups do yeah i don't i'd even say it's definitional like that which is exciting is that which has future potential value that you're waiting for you know like and that which is boring is like okay it's conservative we already have expectations so no excitement is necessary to get our return uh it's almost like in the element of the situation itself and also to vibe with what you're saying there about the excitement around tech so a little bit more about my background here is so yeah growing up in washington state the pacific northwest you got to represent <laughs> uh you know i grew up around tech i actually became a lawyer because i wanted to be a lawyer involved in tech transactions or working with tech businesses i ended up out of law school ended up working for big corporates at big law firms and not all for tech businesses at all you know that's just how it is uh and so it didn't happen right out of law school but eventually i returned to my passion started doing more tech transactions and stuff. And so it was actually the impetus for me originally to become a lawyer. I, I enjoyed programming and stuff before. And I was back then, it was like, programmers didn't make that much money. <laughs> and it was like, oh man, am I gonna make real money like a lawyer? Or am I gonna like do like passion career programming? Like that's a good example of like times changing very rapidly, right? And poor decisions made. Because programmers today, you know, they make a lot too. Lawyers make a lot. Um, if I could go back, I'd do the same thing. Uh, but yeah, that was where my mind was at. I was like, be a lawyer. And so um, kind of going on to the Hyperloop situation, I had already been in tech a bit before we met there. And this was based in L.A., right, in the Arts District. In L.A. is where it, uh, the business is currently trading as or commonly known as Hyperloop One is, is my recollection. They changed it a couple times. They got like Richard Branson involved at one point. It was ideated by Elon Musk. You know, it was it was founded by a top American VC. Uh, Richard Branson was got, got involved. It was called Virgin Hyperloop One for a minute. I wasn't there during that, so can't comment. Um, and then uh, currently, I'm pretty sure they're known as Hyperloop One. So they're over in the Arts District. The first, the test sites in Nevada, Omid and I. Oh, did you go with, to the test site with me, Omid? I actually wasn't at the test site for oh. that, that test or event. Because I went several times for like getting like government permits for the big test show and for some other reasons I went. I don't remember. Did you ever go? It's cool. I actually never got to go to the test oh, site. Now God. that I'm remembering, I never got, I never got to go to the test site. Uh, that's, that's so, so funny, funny. That you're 
that you're bringing that up because that's making me remember. Yeah, I never got to go to the test site. Oh, okay, that's funny because I was like, I was about to say we went, and then I'm like, wait, you weren't in my memory. <laughs> um, so I went. Um, yeah, we did that. It was fun. I, I lived in Vegas before, so for like a year and a half, two years, when I was in school, like uh, high school and middle school. And so going there was actually kind of nostalgic for me. I didn't think I was ever going to go back to Vegas for any particular reason besides maybe go to a hotel for a week or something. And so they have this big test site there. It's super awesome. You can Google it. You could see like this huge, giant, multi-million dollar thing we built, and we were the lawyers related to it, right? in-house um so yeah that was really fun that definitely was a great experience for me too enunciating my interest and emphasizing my interest in tech and working with tech businesses generally obviously SaaS is even better because like there's less hardware capex you know hyperloop you know costs so much money completely different from a SaaS business there's so many things that are different and actually are in the advantage of SaaS businesses so that's why a lot of people want to buy SaaS businesses and it's just definitely its own niche, right? And so, and that's why we're focusing and we focus on that area. It's definitely been happening in the space for a while and it's going to continue to happen. There's a lot, we're going to be talking in one of our upcoming episodes about trends in the SaaS ecosystem. And there's just so much going on now and there's new stuff upcoming too. That's just so killer. Um, we're definitely still in the midst of it. Um, of all of the growth and all of the value capture that's occurring in the SaaS market. Yeah, and I think, you know, for me, the other piece um, around why specifically SaaS acquisitions, not just SaaS, but um, specifically why an M&A firm, it's like the exit is, you know, everyone not everyone but a lot of people really look forward to the exit the exit is like a momentous <laughs> event it's like reaching enlightenment for a business or <laughs> it's it, it's it's the end of it's in some ways it's the end of the road it's the beginning of a new journey it's yeah it also signifies like um if you've had an exit it almost is like a badge of honor it's like oh yes like yeah. you know i've achieved something and it also is the payday it, it's an achievement and it's also the payday yeah. as well. So that's where like yeah. so many actually get the, get the benefit of all of their hard work. Um, that's right. If they, know, if, it, if, if all goes well, and again, I'd plug, you know, definitely you need a, uh, need a M&A attorney because it does not always all go well. And, you know, uh, for people here who are listening who are veterans in the space, they know that. And for people, if you're a first time founder looking to sell your business, you know, that's something you come to learn. Actually, that brings me to um, an interesting place in this in this in this episode. What do you think about giving people a tip of the day, a SaaS tip of the day? Gosh, we're going to be giving so much good information from a professional advisor perspective and being industry experts that there's going to be a hundred tips in each episode. But we could like earmark one. That sounds really cool for me. And also to play back a little bit with what you were just talking about there. Um, you know, I really agree with the fact that the exit's a really big point for SaaS businesses. You know, a lot of people get, they, they're in the weeds or they're, there's, you know, you can't see the forest for the trees type situation or however that goes. Basically, there's so much going on at some point, like 
you can really lose track of what people's objectives are. So one thing that I like to communicate to business owners is make sure you understand what your exit opportunities are at all times. Um, because, you know, you're building a business and you can start get you can become self-deluded pretty quick. And we'll touch more on the subject over time, but just to kind of cap the subject here with a little bit of information. You own a SaaS business, it, it can become tied up with your personal identity. If you, especially if you're an engineer, there's all these cool things you want to build and like deliver on. But at some point, you need to sit back and be like, this is a business. What, like, what is my liquidity event? What's it's gonna, what, what is it going to be worth? What valuation can I get when, et cetera, et cetera. All those important things that you need to think about about the exit that are so vital. And that is that exit is what founders dream of when they start their business. But sometimes they get lost midway and they're like, oh, should I exit? Or like, what does exit look like? Sometimes they're just like so involved and their business is going well, they kind of lose that end goal about like, hey, I want to exit for 50 million. I want to exit for 250 million. And that is definitely like essential to the whole subject. And something that we focus on a lot in talking about, um, about what it means to exit, all the issues that arise, like what founders and buyers both should be thinking about, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So it sounds like your tip summarized is keep your eye on the exit. That's right. Now, that's a good one. We could do that for the tip of the day. Keep your eye on the exit. Understand what it means to exit. Yeah. And what about for, for buyers? Do you have a tip for buyers? Oh, that's a great one. Uh, I, I could say a lot of things, I guess, but I could put one out there, which is like, which is just correlated with the first tip, which is be aware of off-market SaaS company founders who are willing to exit, but just haven't thought of it before. And you can get good deals if you go off-market and target those founders and talk to them, get them familiar with the process, refer them to this podcast so they could learn more about the pod, uh, the process. Etc. That'd yeah. be my second tip. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I can't wait to hear about um, when we talk to you know buyers because we're going to be interviewing some some really some really great buyers. Um, their deal flow process. Yeah. Oh, but, totally. But for that yeah. tip, for that tip specifically, um, yeah, you know the deal flow process for for buyers um, is, oh, is I think okay. going to be really insightful for people to get those off market deals. Yeah, I agree completely. It's going to be really fun to sit down with top SaaS experts and see what they each do. Because so each of them have like their own like, there's, sometimes there's idiosyncrasies, right? And it's going to be really cool to walk through those. So all viewers are going to be able to just learn so much by sitting down here on our podcast with top SaaS experts. Yeah, so I think that's pretty much all I had us to cover on this episode you want to take it to to close yeah let's do that just in closing you know sit tuned or stay tuned sit tight and listen to some other our other episodes we're going to be having a lot of really cool people on that we're interviewing that are SaaS buyers private equity or otherwise and SaaS founders even SaaS repeat founders some of them legendary so stay tuned for that and enjoy the show yeah, thanks, Joe. As Joe mentioned, make sure you subscribe and tune in for our next episode. Episode two, we're going to be doing a deal review, but so we'll see you there.